Having hobbies is good for a variety of reasons, I think. First of all, I mean, it just gives you something to do to occupy yourself and your time. Uh, but more importantly, it kind of helps break you out of your normal routine and doing whatever it is is sort of like your main task throughout the day and stretches your brain to think in different ways. And I think that's really good and healthy and having balance in your life is very, very important. Welcome to Everyone Special and No One Is, a podcast about obscure, misunderstood, and or controversial topics related to music. My name is Martin, and right now I am recording this podcast in my usual setup in my bedroom. But today, at this particular time of night, uh, concurrently, my roommate is having a music session in the basement, and my roommate's dog is craving attention that... You know, it's just, it's hard to give a dog attention while you're working on recording a song. <laughs> so if you hear some dog barking throughout this episode, that's why that's happening. And it's all chill. And I don't think it's a big deal. And if it is in the audio, it'll be really, really soft. But I promise it won't be excessive. So there you go. There's a little, little tidbit. Um, How am I doing? I am doing... Okay, over the last, there was a dog bark. I am doing okay over the last few days. Um, I, I guess mainly this last week, I've been kind of realizing, oh, okay, uh, coming off, you know, Thanksgiving, um, I went on some trips the weekends before that. And now it's just like kind of settling back into a little bit of normalcy, or at least however normal my life can be before the Christmas holiday comes up um, very soon. But it's just like coming from all of these, you know, like I was in San Diego, and then right after that I was in Los Angeles, and then uh, shortly after that, I went to visit Minnesota to see my friend's performance, and then I went on a camping trip, and then I went to Georgia to visit my dad for Thanksgiving. <laughs> so it's like all of these crazy trips, and and now it's just like, yes, back to what is quote-unquote normal and I just am, am brought back to the stark reality that my normal has become this sort of routine of waking up, eating breakfast, brushing my teeth, exercising a little bit, going to work, coming home, making dinner, uh, kind of just chilling out, maybe playing saxophone for like 20 minutes, and then kind of just watching Netflix and going to bed. I mean, I I obviously try to spurse in other things into my evening to make it a little more interesting. Uh, but but my, my day-to-day uh, routine during the weekdays is kind of, I don't know if I would say drab. Um, it was definitely, there was more excitement, more 
more things that I was doing when I was trying to write a song every day for 30 days, um, because then at least every day was different, because even if most of my day was the same, I knew that I would come home from work and I would have to write that one song, and I wrote a wide variety of different songs. So that was that was kind of cool, but it was also stressful to have all of that to do. And I do not want to write a song every single day, every day of my life. That sounds very not fun. That sounds like too much. <laughs> sounds excessive and not balanced. One of the things that I think is very, very important to having balance, as I alluded to in the introduction of this podcast, is having hobbies. I think having something that you can do that just breaks you out of whatever else it is that you are doing and just is an activity that you can spend time on is really, really, really nice. Um, I used to be very, 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 very opposed to the idea of hobbies. Back when I was in middle school, early high school, um, I was very, very, very obsessed with time management. I guess I, I bought my first time management book, I think in the, I think in my freshman year of high school. And then I sort of got in this whole thing. Like I have to plan every single day of my life. I have to plan every single week. I have to make monthly plans and long-term plans. And I'm going to have all these goals and I'm going to be on my schedule. And I got very, very intense. It's like every minute of what I'm doing with my life in the time that I can, you know, the time that I have control over, meaning the time that I'm not going to school uh, at the time. Every single minute of free time has to be strategically aligned towards my goals, meaning I can't have hobbies. That is ridiculous. I have to be working on music. I have to be productive. I have to be writing and recording my songs. I, I don't have any time to to take up something on the side, which is not related to my career goals at all. Like, no, that's absolutely ridiculous. Sure. I mean, I have to take some breaks here and there. I can't just be productive 100% of the day, but I mean, I, I'll watch like Netflix or I will watch like a short YouTube video, but I wouldn't really call that a hobby. <laughs> you know, it's like if you take a 20 minute YouTube break, that's not the same as writing a short story or riding your bike. I mean, I guess I was riding my bike a bit in that time at high school. I don't know if I would count that as a hobby though, but, but generally I was super, super, super opposed to the idea that I would do things just on my own, just for fun, that were not related to anything else in my life. Uh, more, more darking, more barking from the dog. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so that was sort of my opinion at the time, and I never really started to. Orion, Orion, can you can you not? <laughs> okay. Um, sorry. I never really started to really embrace hobbies until kind of, I would say it was my senior year of high school when I realized that, oh my gosh, actually going on hikes is very, very fun. I like going on hikes. This That was when I was in Los Angeles and it was just really fun. I could go hike the Hollywood sign or go with my friends and go hike. Uh, did we do Topanga or something? I don't remember all the names of the hiking spots in LA, but 
Yeah, so that that was that was really really cool. And in the retrospect, I almost regret not joining. Um, there there was a hiking club at Belmont University, but I never. <laughs> it was my last semester when I discovered that I liked hiking. So it was kind of a missed opportunity to have had the chance. You know, the only way for me to have been a part of the hiking club was that I would have had to been involved in it. Um, when I was actually in Nashville at the main Belmont campus. But anyway, uh, so, so hiking was kind of like the first hobby that I realized. I was like, oh, wow, this is actually something fun to go do. It's just really nice to kind of take yourself out of whatever physical room or apartment or dorm you spend most of your time in and just go outside and explore and go to all these different places and see all these new things like that is really, really fun. And I guess it didn't come totally out of the blue because I'm very fortunate to have a family that really emphasizes like getting outside and doing those kinds of activities. When I was little, I'm talking like elementary school age, uh, my mom used to take me and my younger brother on road trips across the United States, and we would just go in the car, have a tent in the back of the car, and then just travel to all these different spots, uh, you know, drive like 10 to 15 hours during the day, and then set up uh, camp at the end of the day, and um, literally just pitching a tent uh, beside the car. So we would do that. We would go to, uh, we would go canoe camping in the Boundary Waters canoe area wilderness um, along the border of Minnesota and Canada. We would uh, occasionally, much, much less often though, we would go uh, mountain hiking, meaning we would actually go uh, hike up an entire mountain. I guess you can say mountain climbing too, though we weren't really using ropes or any technical equipment, but it's still a very long exerting hike to, to go all the way to the top of a mountain at 14,000 feet in Colorado. You know, that's not easy and the air is thin up there. <laughs> and I have several stories from mountain climbing that I'm not going to go into right now because this is not the time. This is simply not the time to record a mountain a mountain climbing podcast. But anyway, so so going outside was not like out of the ordinary for me, but it was the first time in my senior year of high school where I realized that oh, I actually do enjoy this outside of the context of being with my family. You know, it's not just something that my mom is, like, making me do. This is something that I'm choosing to do, whether it's with my friends or by myself. I did a fair mix of solo hikes and group hikes during that semester. And and then I started doing it on my own after that semester as well. Um, which is which is really nice, and it is a really really fun thing to do. Just to, like I said, decompress and get outside and stuff. Um, so the other thing that I realized, uh, an- another hobby that I I had totally totally forgotten about um, was reading. Um, <laughs> when I was in like late elementary school, uh, definitely middle school. I really, really liked reading lots of fiction books. I read the whole Harry Potter series, the whole Hunger Games series. Um, I got like, I think halfway through the tunnels series. 
Um, I read Pendragon. I read um, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, which is, you know, less of a serious novel, but but still, graphic novels count as novels. <laughs> um, I read like all sorts of different books as a kid. And then when I started to get super intense about time management in high school and being productive and maximizing all my time, I was like, reading isn't important. What? <laughs> no, I can't spend time reading fiction. Like, no, absolutely not. But then uh, more recently, like literally within the past year and a half, I've discovered that actually <laughs> it is really, really fun to read fiction just for like i mean there's a difference i would say between reading nonfiction and fiction it feels like two different sorts of mental exercises nonfiction often has sort of a like oh what am i trying to get out of this am i trying to become informed or educated or am i going to apply such and so skill or knowledge to my life after reading this but like just fiction kicking back with a good story is so fun and so nice and uh the first book like that that i read um you know since being really into reading in middle school like literally i i hardly read in high school and college aside from what was assigned to me but uh about i think it was I think it was actually like January of 2021, so less than a year ago, that I read the book Loveless by Alice Oseman, who is um, an asexual author. She uh, advocates for asexuality, and she has a book with an asexual, aromantic main character, and it's called Loveless. And that book was really good and really fun. And I really related to it. <laughs> so that was just kind of fun. And then that sort of got me back into reading a little bit. And I've read um, a few books since then, including rereading Loveless because it was so good. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just um, amazing how the time passes when you're reading a book, like, because it, it takes sort of an undetermined amount of time. It's not like watching a movie when you know, okay, this movie is going to take an hour and a half, or it's going to take two hours, and then it's going to be done, and then I'm going to go to bed. It's like reading a book, it can take, you know, between like 10, 15, 20, 25 hours, depending on how long the book is. And so it's not something you're going to do in a single sitting. So it's just, it totally releases yourself from the expectation of having to finish something in a certain amount of time. You know, so much of my day while I'm at work, it's like, okay, I have to do this by this time. I have to finish these tasks by this time. And I'm very like task oriented, time oriented. But I, what I've discovered is that having a book, having a fiction book to read is just so fun because it releases yourself from the expectation of doing something in a certain time frame, you know, because with most books, with most novels, I should say, there's there's no way you're going to finish it in one sitting. <laughs> so it just kind of flows and it just kind of goes on and on. And, and then when you finish it, there's almost a little bit of sadness because it's like, oh, I just spent so many days or weeks with this book and now it's over and I have to find something else. What? Um, yeah. And, and I guess it is interesting that in my brain, I'm counting 
reading as a hobby and I'm not counting like watching Netflix or watching YouTube as a hobby. And I don't know if that's, I guess, a fair distinction to make. Uh, For me, the reason why reading feels like a hobby is because it's something that you do that you have to like actively apply yourself to, you know, it's not like you can just sit back and watch a movie or a TV show and just kind of like, you know, passively, it's sort of happening to you as opposed to when you're reading, you have to happen to the book. Um, that doesn't sound grammatically correct, (laughs) but you know, if you don't put in the effort to read the words on the page, the story is not going to happen for you versus, um, watching a movie or TV show or YouTube or whatever, like, regardless of what you do, the show is going to continue playing at the same pace. And the only way to make it, you know, to, to make it go faster or slower is to somehow change the timing of the, <laughs> change the speed of the playback, which is not always the most pleasant thing to do. Um, so, and, and I guess there are like audiobooks. So like, and that's sort of a similar thing in that an audiobook is recorded and it's playing a certain length of time. So, like, the audiobook is just happening on its own. So, like, if if the differentiation of is this, like, a hobby or just an entertainment activity, if watching Netflix is just for entertainment, but a hobby counts, if, if reading a book counts as a hobby, then how do you, how do you count audiobooks? I don't know. Maybe my framework for, for defining this is totally falling apart because, I mean, by that definition, an audiobook would not be a hobby. Listening to an audiobook would not be a hobby, but reading uh, the same exact book would be a hobby? I don't know. Maybe this is all, (laughs) maybe this is all just unnecessary classification at this point, but it is, it is interesting. Um, maybe, maybe you should just not count reading as a hobby at all. And it's like an activity and it's a fun activity, but maybe a hobby has to be something that is uniquely creative. Maybe question mark. I don't know. Um, I started making cookies throughout, um, like early 2021, uh, kind of like the first half of 2021. I haven't made cookies very recently, but that was a really fun thing to do. And I did also record a whole episode about the topic of cookies. So I'm not gonna, um, talk too much more detail about that. But, um, another thing that I've started doing more recently is, making um designs with perler beads uh perler beads if you're not aware um i used to play with these as a kid and they were like a cool thing in my childhood um there are these multicolored little beads like plastic beads that come in all sorts of different colors and you put them down on like a pegboard that sort of keeps them in place and you can use like whatever whatever design whatever colors whatever combination of colors you want but you have to place them on this grid it feels very mathematical because you're making the active choice to place each bead down where you want it to be on the grid and then if you're a kid you then step away and have your parents um, take an iron and uh, sort of like meld the beads together by just running an iron over it. Or if you're an adult, <laughs> then you um, you iron it yourself. But but the last step is ironing, and that's what makes the beads stick together. And then you're left with all of these cool 
combinations and colors and designs and things. So when I was a kid, I used to... I I honestly forget most of the things that I made with perler beads. It probably wasn't wasn't anything special. <laughs> the most elaborate thing I made was a glow in the dark maze that had like you know like a maze like you trace your finger on it and there's like dead ends and um, there's only one correct path to get from the beginning to the end of the maze. But um, it used glow-in-the-dark beads, which was fun because I was obsessed with glow-in-the-dark items when I was a kid. (laughs) Um, So now, since picking it up more recently, um, which, by the way, I did actually have to buy an iron to do this because an iron was not one of the things that I bought when I was, you know, shopping after just moving to Nashville. Um, So... I have made, I started out making several pride flags, of course. The very first um, flag I made with the perler beads was a asexual pride flag, you know, so black, white, gray, purple, because <laughs> that's what I identify with. And then I made, um, I made a progress pride flag, which is just, uh, it looks like the traditional pride flag with like the rainbows, but it's got a little triangle on it, which includes the white, pink, blue for transgender, which is coming from the transgender pride flag, and then also black and brown, standing for the inclusion of uh, communities of color into the pride community. So that was that was cool. Um, and then. That honestly, making that one with all the different colors and trying to make it symmetrical on the square grid that I was working with, it was a little bit difficult, but I pulled through. (laughs) Um, I made a demisexual pride flag. I made a non-binary pride flag, a trans pride flag, a a gender fluid pride flag. (laughs) It was fun to just, it's like, I've, I've learned about all of these different identities and flags on the internet, but just taking something from the internet and putting it into something physical that I can hold in my hands, like, it, it, it's strangely empowering to to create something like that, which you can, you know, make with only your hands. And so, um, yeah, I've been, since over the last, uh, like, literally just the past week, I've been starting to make more uh, complex designs with the perler beads. Don't get me wrong. I love making the pride flags, but it's pretty, pretty straightforward just to put some horizontal colored lines on a, on a rectangular or square grid. You know, that doesn't take a whole lot of mental effort, but I've been making some, um, more interesting designs that are not quite as symmetrical and it's been really fun. And I think I'm going to start, um, maybe using these as Christmas gifts for people making things that I think they would enjoy or designs that designs of things that are like personal to them or they have a connection to. I think that's just a cool thing to like give them a, a handmade, um, Christmas gift. I'm, I'm not going to say what they are just to, just in case any of the people on the receiving end of these gifts is going to be listening to this podcast. Uh, but, (laughs) um, anyway, so that, uh, that has been very fun. Um, and another thing that I've been getting into, which is kind of related to the whole, um, the whole hiking thing, 
uh, is slash, you know, hiking slash going outdoors is more recently I've been getting into camping, which I never thought I would, I would be doing on my own. Um, I mean, as, as I said earlier on this podcast, like I've done several camping trips with my family, mainly with my mom and my younger brother, but just the idea of going camping as an adult all on my own without even doing it with friends. You know, I have, I have been camping with friends as well, or one friend in particular, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, the, the just solo camping never really ever occurred to me, but I started talking about it with my mom and got really excited about it. And then she helped, um, outfit me with some equipment and, I, you know, I did talk about camping literally last week on the podcast, but it's just, it is a potential new hobby for me. And it's very fun. Just the thought of being self-sufficient enough to go out with a backpack and have all my food and water and tent and supplies and stuff in it, and then just go pitch a tent in the woods and sleep in the woods. Like there's something really, really cool and really, really uh, fun and empowering about getting it, being able to do that. And also that goes hand in hand with reading because, you know, <laughs> what else are you going to do at night except when you're camping, when you have no electricity or really anything? What are you going to do except read a book? <laughs> um, so yeah, so I just thought that uh, it's it's fun. I'm kind of like taking this opportunity. We're still in a pandemic. There's all these new variants running around. I'm still kind of uncomfortable getting together in person with people. Um, I'm still not really finding a lot of motivation to start all these new music projects or keep going on the ones that I have started. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of like in this lull and this rut and this depression of not really feeling a lot of motivation to work on music, sadly, but you know, it's something to do to do all these hobbies rather than just wallow in the misery of like, Oh, why can't I do music? Why don't I feel up to it? It's like, bro, just relax a little bit. It's still a pandemic you're doing just fine financially. You have a stable job. That is a blessing. You should be very grateful for that. And, you know, you're, you're in a good place. It's, it's okay to sort of take a break a little bit from all the intensity with the music and to just really throw yourself into some of these hobbies. And yes, I am still talking to myself at the moment, <laughs> um, referring to myself using the, the you as if I'm talking to myself anyway. Um, so yeah, those, those are some of the things that I've been getting into, uh, recently. And I just thought, um, part, I, I thought it would be worth mentioning that part of the reason why I was even inspired specifically to get into making perler bead designs is because I noticed that, my uh one of my roommates uh actually does hobbies as well and I, without before living with him i would not at all have you know pegged him as oh he probably does these particular hobbies like <laughs> it's just i i thought of him as a 
Uh, oh, this is a person who does music. He is a person that does music, so he must spend a lot of his time doing music. And it didn't even really occur to me that he might actually have other interests as well. I mean, he's a very serious musician, and um, that is one of the most important things to him. At least that's the sense that I get. But uh, he that that still leaves room for doing other things, which is... Again, when I was in high school, that's what I just wouldn't allow myself to believe, that anyone who's involved in music could spend time doing anything else. Um, so my, my roommate does, uh, he, he paints. Um, he has several of his paintings hung up on the wall in our basement. And he also makes cool little arts and craftsy designed earrings, which is sick. <laughs> like... Uh, I hesitate to say hipster because I don't think that's the best word to describe or the the best adjective, but just like, uh, he, yeah, earrings and paintings. I think that's amazing. And just seeing him creating these things with his hands and uh, that, that could then be used as these, you know, little artistic decorations. Like I was like, I can do something like that. I can do. Um, and and I didn't even have perler beads in mind specifically until I was walking around a, a Michael's one day, uh, the arts and crafts store. And then I saw perler beads on the shelf and I'm like, I remember those. I remember those from my childhood. I want to get back into that. Um, so I think that's really cool. And also one thing that is also very cool is that my brother, my younger brother, is now a skydiver. He has been skydiving over the past, um, I think, a little over a year, and he's already gone on about 30 jumps, and he already has his skydiving license. It's like, what? My my little baby brother. I mean, not really baby brother because we're just a year and a half apart in age, but still <laughs> skydiving. I've never ever jumped out of an airplane and he's done it 30 times. OMG, that is that is amazing. And he uh he really, really, really wants me to go skydiving with him. Maybe not like 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 literally on the same jump as him but he wants to take me to the skydiving place and he wants me to do a jump just so that I can experience it and I've been extremely hesitant because I am just like not super into the idea of flinging my body out of an airplane that sounds kind of scary and terrifying and sure okay i'm convinced that considering modern skydiving equipment it's super safe and there's not much of a risk but still just just uh, being in the suspended air plummeting to the ground at what 50 miles an hour i don't know how fast you fall when you're skydiving please don't fact check me on that um but yeah so i've i've <sighs> It's one of those things where um I've I've promised him that I will go skydiving a year from when I said it and I said that I would go skydiving with him in August of this year which means that next year this time 
uh, or next year in August, which is less than a year from now, I will be going skydiving with my brother, probably. Uh, and it's like, oh, if it's long enough in the future, it's not real. It's never going to happen. It, or at least that's my perception of it. But no, that, that time of year is definitely going to roll around faster than I'm anticipating. And I am, I guess, <laughs> going to have to follow through and jump out of an airplane. But um, I doubt it's going to become a hobby of mine, but I think it's very cool that it was a hobby of, that it is a hobby of my brother's. Um, and I think that that figure that 30 jumps is not even including all of the jumps that he's done or like, like practice jumps that he's done in the indoor sky, skydiving area. So yeah, he's, he's invested a lot of time and money into, into that hobby of his, um, so, yeah, those are just some hobbies of people that I am close with uh, that I thought were cool and worth sharing. Um, I have also done just just a little bit of Googling. Uh, I'm like, I bet, I bet famous musicians and celebrities have hobbies too. I bet even though society likes to be like, oh, this person is a singer or, oh, this person is a songwriter or this person is, a, is an actor, I bet they only do that one thing. <laughs> or at least, you know, we never really stop to think, oh, I wonder if that actor does other things with their life other than just acting, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so I was just thinking about this earlier today and I was like, it would be really interesting to find out what celebrities do in their free time that is not related to their, you know, their explicit day job, if you will. <laughs> um, so I found an article called, uh, th this is from L. Ele, I don't know how you pronounce that, E-L-L-E, -L -L -E, Australia, and the article is called 21 of the Most Unexpected and Strange Celebrity Hobbies. Uh, this did come out in November 2020, so about a year ago. Um, I don't know how up-to-date this is, but we're just going to go with it. So apparently, Beyonce, of course, Beyonce was the first one on the list, Beyonce is a beekeeper. And she has two beehives at her house, and she uses them to make honey for herself and her family. Beyonce, the pop singer and songwriter, has a beehive and is a beekeeper? What? Maybe maybe if you're a Beyonce fan, you already know, knew that, and that's like common knowledge, but that was just very shocking to me. It's like, wow, that's cool, but also feels very random to me. <laughs> um, Taylor Swift apparently makes snow globes out of mason jars and other, like, arts and crafts supplies. Taylor Swift makes snow globes. OMG. I, I, don't, I don't know what to say about that other than go Taylor Swift. Keep on being the best there is. Wow. That is... <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess we're going to quickly go through some of the rest of these. I don't need to react to each one of them. Um, Will Smith is apparently into fencing, which I guess for, you know, an action, uh, an actor who's in a lot of action movies, fencing at least seems somewhat on brand. Um, Ryan Gosling is into knitting. Of course, Ryan Gosling knits. Tom Hanks is into collecting vintage typewriters. 
collecting vintage typewriters. Rod Stewart, uh, the musician, is into making model train sets. Um, in the article, it said something like, when, when he's going on tour, he requests to have an extra hotel room specifically for his model train set. It's like, you're kidding me. He brings his model trains on tour and he needs an extra room in the hotel for his train set? What? How much? <sighs> that That's just kind of, I, I, I have mixed feelings about that. Like, way to go, Rod Stewart, for having a hobby and a hobby that other people may make fun of you for, but also being unapologetic about it and not hiding that you have this unique hobby but also just the the audacity to be like i'm a celebrity and i go on tour and i reserve a room specifically for my trains that just feels full of privilege to me but i mean if you have that privilege you might as well flaunt it i guess i don't know (laughs) um yeah and brad pitt of course he is into pottery you know i think pottery Sounds very cool. I think I would like to get into pottery. Uh, not now. Not within the next five years. But I think I can see myself as like a 35-year-old just making a bunch of pots. You know, like getting a pottery wheel, getting a bunch of clay, getting... I don't, I don't even know what else goes into making pottery. But I can see myself sort of like meditating with a pottery wheel, getting my hands dirty making cool pots that actually does sound like a lot of fun i'm not going to lie um it's probably a lot harder than it sounds to to get into pottery and to learn the craft of it um but i think actually my older sister was into pottery for a period of time i should ask her about it that would be a good thing to do okay note to self ask her about pottery great um and then i found so so that article from uh from the australia la thing they had a list of 21 celebrities i didn't go through all of them i just picked the ones that i liked i did find one other article um and this one is from 2019 on nme.com called the weird and wonderful secret hobbies of your favorite musicians so Rivers Cuomo of Weezer is into knitting, of course. I mean, him and Ryan Gosling are apparently both into knitting. That's amazing. <laughs> um, Tom DeLonge of Blink-182 is into studying UFOs, and he has his own UFO research society thing. <laughs> like, what? Are you studying ufos um i'm i'm just trying so hard not to be judgmental of that okay on a serious note i do know that there are many stories of ufos that are very hard to sort of refute or debunk with science but there are also lots of ghost stories that sound hard to refute refute or debunk why can't i say the word refute uh today um Ghost stories, UFO stories, um, conspiracy theories, they just kind of all fall into the same bucket for me. Well, I don't know. I think conspiracy theories is, is a little bit, a little bit further, further down the line. (laughs) Um, 
But yeah, I just don't really have the time, energy, or patience to entertain the possibility that ghosts or aliens are real. Um, If you have any really, really convincing ghost or alien stories, please, please send them to me. But anyway, uh, and then... Ending on a ending on a high note, uh, Flea of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, you know the bassist famous for playing bass without his shirt on. Uh, Flea is into chess, and you know all power to you, Flea. Chess is a great thing. I am horrible at chess. I've played it several times over the past uh, three years, and I've lost every single time. Um, both when, well, mostly playing with friends, <laughs> but yeah, chess is cool. Uh, in, in another life, I think I would, I would get really into chess and figuring out all the strategies and how to predict the other person's moves and stuff. But at the present moment, I'm just really not that good at chess and I'm okay with that. <laughs> I am okay with playing a round of chess and kind of sucking at it, but but it's still a fun thing. It's still it's still a fun game to play. Um, so th- those were the only ones that I found interesting from that article. And yeah, there there you go. Um, hobbies are so important. Having balance in your life is so important. Right now, I feel like my life is somewhat out of balance in that I haven't found a way to successfully just integrate. Oh a routine or at least a practice of playing music into my life while also being employed full-time. You know, I've been employed working full-time since August of 2020. So coming up on, I guess, a year and three months, a year and four months. Um, And it's it's really hard to find time to do music as well. And more recently, I've been just having a hard time being motivated as I've talked about, I don't mean to be repetitive, but um, yeah, hobbies are fun. Hobbies are good. Uh, if if um, you have any fun hobbies, uh, don't hesitate to let me know because I would be very, very interested to find out. Um, and yeah, it, it's just it's just funny to think that a lot of people that I know personally in my life, unless I'm like actually living with them, I don't really know what their hobbies are, <laughs> you know? Um, like, gosh, I, I do know that at least some people in my life are so busy that they actually do not have time to have hobbies, which is totally fair and valid as well. I don't mean to say like there's a one size fits all to this sort of thing, but um, yeah. So that's all I really, really had to say. Um, I will be back next week, hopefully, with a guest on the podcast. I love having guests on episodes because sometimes I just get tired of listening to my own voice for so long. (laughs) But, yeah, Um, have a great time. Uh, Until then, the Spotify Wrapped just came out, and apparently this podcast has... um, It was a little weird because it said 43 total episodes in... Uh, 2021. And this is episode uh, 45, right? And I've had some like extra bonus episodes in there too. So I don't know where the 43 is coming from. But anyway, it said um, in 2021, you had 43 episodes and you had, um, I'm pulling it up. 
on my phone. 2,251 minutes of content. Whoa. (laughs) If you've listened to every single episode in this podcast so far, you've listened to over 2,251 minutes of me talking. (laughs) So, oh my gosh. Thank you. If that does apply to you for listening to my voice for so long, um, that is if I divide 2,251 by 60, that is 37 and a half hours. OMG, I've been been talking for a long time. I mean, I guess also there have been other people on this podcast as well. So you've heard collectively voices on this podcast for 37 and a half hours. But yeah, uh, what do I see? I see my little kalimba instrument that I got when I was in Georgia for Thanksgiving. Um, a kalimba is an instrument that's made out of wood uh, and has these metal prongs on it that are like bent across a rod and they're just kind of like suspended in the air, but you sort of like, um, you, you touch on the rods and you pull them down and then they vibrate and they make a sound. It's kind of hard to describe, but if you Google kalimba, K-A-L-I-M-B-A, you can find lots of different examples. Um, I have one that's a little bit more cheaper and only has like, uh, seven keys on it, (laughs) but, um, it's just fun and I've been uh, playing it and it's kind of like meditative to toy around with. I'm going to try, I'm going to attempt to record a little bit of it into the microphone. I have a feeling it's not going to work very well because I've never recorded with this before, but here you go. This is me attempting to play Kalimba live on the podcast. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all next week and until next time.